Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. James chapter 4, I want you to find the fourth verse. You know, it's all so good that I'm going to have to take it from verse 1, and we'll go through verse 10. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Oh, there, James 4. Would you reset my preaching clock for me, please? Appreciate that. You ready? James 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? New King James Version. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust, do not have. You murder and covet, cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the the humble. Therefore, submit to God. I want you to read verse, uh, is it seven? Seven. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's try that again. You ready? Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I, I, I can't hear you, really. Let's try it one more time. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Father, thank you for your word. It truly is a lamp unto a feet, a light upon our path. We ask that you would move in great power tonight in our lives, in our families, those online, those upstairs in the care service. On 1610 AM, God, all, the, all over the world as this message travels through the different mediums that we have, that your will and purpose and plan be done as your word goes forth and does not return void. Anoint these lips of clay, I pray once again. Thank you for trusting me with your word. Thank you for trusting me with your people. Have your will and way in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Veronica Counter, you're here somewhere. Would you just raise a hand? George Couch, a very dear friend of ours, has gone on to be with the Lord just a while back, and we want to just pray for you if we can corporately. It's your first time back in church, and would you reach your hands towards the Couch family? Father, we thank you for them. We thank you for George, and he's in heaven. I thank you that you extended his life, and Lord, now we pray for the blessing and the favor, the touch of heaven upon this family as they grieve, as they put pieces back together, as they walk things out now back in Alaska. Holy Spirit, touch them. Help them, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. I've been doing a series on spiritual warfare, and um, I have another message to go on prayer and fasting, but as I was working on this, I felt 
very strongly inspired to, to preach and teach to you the message in your hearing, submit and resist. Everybody say that. Submit and resist. I kind of like, what do you mean, submit and resist? Submit and resist, and I'm going to teach you about it. Resistance means to, sub, to, to withstand or stand against or oppose. Now, we have some notes. Go ahead and fill those in as we move along. Resistance means to, to withstand Stand against or oppose. I probably should have put the definition of submit in there too. It's to yield to, to prefer. We're supposed to submit to God and resist the devil. I'm going to give you some very simple principles on how how to live in victory, how to walk in spiritual warfare and win. God's intention for you to is win and to is to win. And there is tremendous opposition. There's a lot of opposition to the plan of God for your marriage, for your life, for your kids, for the church. There's a lot of opposition, so you better learn how to fight. Come on, someone say you're in a fight. The power of resistance has been seen in history both positively and negatively. Revolutions are made by those who would resist tyrannical rule. That's how revolution, revolutionaries, I believe that God's raising up revolutionaries against a tyrant, the devil, to execute judgment. This inheritance he has given all of his saints, that there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us shall be condemned. You are supposed to walk in victory. It's God's plan for you not to be a, you know, some scrub that loses out and hope that you make it, waving a white flag of surrender, and you finally get to go to heaven. That, that's not it. You're supposed to walk in victory and bring forth his kingdom in your life, in your marriage, in your kids, in your family, in your church, everywhere you go, in your nation. Come on, say, come somebody say, in the nation. This next line here, Roman numeral two, is a, is a, a quote from Dr. Morocco, and those of you that have, have um, been with us for a long time have heard me say it many times before, Resistance or resist because the name of the game in spiritual realm is intimidation. Intimidation. The enemy wants to try to intimidate you. The enemy's power is parasitical. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you've ever had lice. Lice is a parasite. And um, they don't find a host here with me because I don't have any hair really, so... Hallelujah. A pilot fish is, is, well, that's a symbiotic relationship with a shark. Pilot fish. Really different, but bad illustration, the pilot fish. But li- lice is, is better. Lice, they, they can't live unless they have a host. The enemy can't get a hold of you unless you host him. And some of you are you know, just the Grand Hyatt Wailea. I mean, you just roll it out for them. You're the Four Seasons Hotel for the devil. I think you need to evict him tonight. Our fear of the enemy is one of the things that empowers him. Don't yield to the fear of the enemy. Don't do it. Some of you are professional hand wringers. You just worry all the time. Worry is like, like praying to the devil, I think. Let me run that through one more time. Worry is like, it's like faith in reverse. It's like looking at the enemy and, and almost encouraging him to do the very things that you're worried about. You, you have to remember that the power of your, of your, your, your words, 
Your words have power. There's life and death. James also talks about life and death and the power of the tongue. Some of you release death all the time. Others of you have understood how to release life. That's why, listen, I don't do these cute little antic things. The heavens are open. They devoured it. Do you think I do that because I'm trying to be cute? Uh, I'm not. It's only one person that thinks I'm cute in here. That's my wife. The reason I do stuff like that is because there's power in decreeing the word of the Lord. I'm telling you the heavens are open. The devourer is rebuked, and it is the time of favor. And I can give you lots of scripture for all of it, so why do I say that? I say it so you get it in your spirit, so you walk around thinking and declaring, man, it's the time of favor. Man, the windows of heaven are open. Woo! Devourer's been rebuked. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city, yeah. Come on, you start speaking blessing over your life. But our fear empowers the enemy. And, you know, you can't ignore problems. When, you, when you're going through difficulty and you're going through a battle, don't ignore it because it's not going to go away. Ignoring the problem only makes it worse. For the longest time, I was not somebody that liked confronting really much. I wasn't. I would just, you know, I didn't want conflict. I just want peace. Can I tell you something? If you don't have, if you don't, sometimes if you don't confront things, you're not going to have real peace. And you can appease and placate the devil but he's going to come and take a piece of you. And you can look in history about how that works. Anybody know who Chamberlain is? Not Wilt Chamberlain, but Chamberlain, World War II, and Hitler. Does anybody know what the, um, uh, it's the uh, München, I don't know how to say it, Munich, the Munich Agreement. Anybody know what the Munich Agreement is? Another way to say the Munich Agreement is the Munich Betrayal. And it was an agreement prior to World War II, I think it's 1937 or 38, where some nations got together, France, Great Britain, um, Germany, of course, uh, and they, they got together and they decided to give a section of Czechoslovakia, I think I got that right, to Germany to appease Hitler because if they didn't do that, they were going to have war. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't appease a tyrant. And you can't appease the devil. You can't just like, you know, oh, it's, you know, we're just, you know, it's going to be all right. No, it's not. You have to live in strength and authority and power. So as I got discipled in this house over these past 20 plus years, I learned about spiritual warfare and I learned that the name of the game in spiritual warfare is intimidation. And I learned that even through this text, I think Dr. preached a message called, uh, uh, it's a Star Wars thing. Join the resistance. And he used an illustration from Star Wars. It was from this text. And I learned that I, I have to be a part of the winning team. And to be a part of the winning team, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to resist the enemy. You're going to have to submit to God and resist the enemy. And you can't just ignore things. And so I learned to be a confronter. And I'm very, I'm, 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 conf I'm, I'm a confronter. I'm confrontative. Is that a word? There we go, confrontative. Yeah. So that means when there's something wrong, or I don't have peace, or I'm bothered about something, I don't wait like three weeks. In fact, I'm, for whatever reason, as a pastor, and, but it was even before that. It was as I was going to church before as a pastor. Church services, we didn't miss. 
We just never, it was the biggest party in town, so we couldn't wait to go. And then, you know, you hear God's word and you get changed and you leave on fire and even drunk in the spirit and get to go into your week walking in victory and kicking the devil's booty. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't I come? It's just amazing. It's just awesome. And so we'd come and, and I learned to confront things. And, and so I would set services as a believer before, before I was in full-time ministry I never let anything go past the next service. So today's Sunday night, so the next service is Wednesday. This is the same schedule we had when we got saved and discipled. And so if there was something, if there was something off or something that needed to be dealt with, Wednesday before service was definitely a set mark. I'd try to do it before that, but it definitely is going to happen after that. And sometimes you have to wait and call, talk with people. Sometimes it needs to be, don't do it over text for God's sake. Somebody say, don't do heavy things over text. Yeah. And I learned to confront because to ignore the problem only makes things worse. And you know the story of Hitler, right? Don't forget history because we're, it'll repeat itself. I said history repeats itself. Ecclesiastes talks about that. That which has been will be again. And the enemy's prowling. Hitler was an antichrist. And there are more antichrists, and I believe even the antichrist, the actual final antichrist, I believe is alive now. It's a whole nother message. So it's, it's quite a time that we're living in, and in your life, the enemy will try to do his best to destroy you. So I want to break it down, make it plain, as plain as I can, so that you learn to submit to God and resist the devil so he doesn't mess with you anymore, even though that probably won't end until we all go to meet the Lord and it's over. Look at D, be willing to do hard things, not just what is comfortable to you. Whatever action you need to take to win, do it. What if I'm embarrassed? Who, who really cares? How about you lose, ultimately lose out? Who cares whether you're embarrassed? I mean, I'm not into getting embarrassed. I don't want to do that. But, but at the same time, if I have to embarrass something in order to get victory over it, I'm going to do it. Why? Because there's more on the line than my feeling of being uncomfortable about being embarrassed. You got to be willing to do hard things, say hard things, and 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 you got to do it in love. And and uh, I've done I've done things that, that weren't in love, but the Lord forgave me, and here we stand, still serving God. Be willing to do hard things, whatever action you need to take to win, do it. It's like some of you will remember this because I've used it many times because I heard it way back in the day with Doctor Morocco. The boy who struggled with magazines and things that he shouldn't be looking at in, 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 you know, stores. On the way home, he'd walk home from school and he'd wander into the five and dime, which I don't even know if they have anymore. Now you could just get it on your phone. You'd be very careful of the age that you give your kids phones. I need it. No, they really don't need it all that much. And so... Back in that day, they didn't have phones. They just had magazines on racks. And the kid would turn in and defile himself. And he gave his heart to the Lord and was trying to fight that thing but couldn't win. It's an epidemic today. And so he came to get prayer from Dr. Morocco, and Dr. Morocco gave him a word of knowledge of what he was struggling about with. And the, the kid confessed, every time I go home, I go into the store and I look at those magazines and... And uh, Dr. Morocco said, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you. He says, well, what do I do? He says, well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you some sound advice. Go home another way. 
Some of you need to change the way you're doing things and set new patterns. Listen, if you struggle with the bar, come on, that bar that used to just pull you in like a magnet as you were driving by, just pulled into the mugshot. Don't go drive there anymore. Don't, don't go past there anymore until you get a strength. Come on, resist, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Say it, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. As fallen human beings, we're prone to being deceived by our feelings and our thoughts. I hate that. Listen, feelings are overrated. Somebody said, I fell out of love. Well, you need to go read 1 Corinthians 13 because it has nothing to do with how you feel. You don't see anything about feelings in 1 Corinthians 13, which is a definition of love. I fell out of love. No, you didn't know what it was. That's what happened. Your feelings, your thoughts will follow your feelings. I want you to say that. Some of you need to get this because you're on a roller coaster. You're on a roller coaster. You need to straighten it out. Your thoughts, your, pardon me, <laughs> your feelings follow your, everybody say it. My feelings follow my thoughts. So then what do you think you need to do? You need to renew your mind. Whatsoever things be pure, Philippians. Whatsoever things be noble. Whatsoever things be admirable and praiseworthy. Think on these things. And it was, to, it was described to me like this. Listen, Danny, when those bad thoughts come, just crush them in the name of Jesus and throw them away. And then think about something else. Think about something else. And I'm like, okay, but they come a lot. Yeah, it's going to get easier, but you have to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And so, I mean, like, literally, my day was like, I'd be having nice thoughts, you know, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, no, 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 in Jesus' name, no, no, ah, oh, the Lord loves me. He died for me. Oh, he rose again from the grass. They're quoting scripture. Some of you let rampant thoughts run through your mind and wonder why you're tormented and wonder why you're depressed. If you think about all the things that just doesn't have for you and you're so old now or you're too young or, you know, you're too stupid, tell them to shut up. The Christian that talks to himself is a healthy Christian. So your feelings follow your thoughts. And your feelings can fool you. Look at Romans 3. Be strong in our ability to resist. He gives grace. God resists the proud but gives grace. Grace is the most powerful force in all the universe. Grace. God's unmerited favor. God's power to you. He gives grace. And, and God's grace is available for us if we'll humble ourselves. You gotta choose God over the world. Everybody say, choose God over the world. The world will never satisfy you. The world will never help you. But if you choose God over the world, you'll find yourself walking in victory every single time. Develop spiritual, uh, pardon me, have fellowship personally with the Lord and be a part of a fellowship of believers. Fellowship. Spend time with God. And we use these words like fellowship. Fellowship. I don't ever recall using the word fellowship prior to giving my life to Jesus. So, you know, you come into church, you're like, let's have some fellowship. Well, who knows what that is? <laughs> the Greek word is koinonia. 
It's, it's spending time with the Lord, uh, spending time with each other, koinonia. It's, it's a very unique word in the koine Greek, which is the language of the New Testament, and really it's something that can't happen outside of being a believer. You cannot have fellowship as an unbeliever. You can hang out. You can spend time with people. That's not koinonia. Koinonia is exclusive to those who are believers. So as a believer... If I'm spending time with an unbeliever, is that fellowship? The answer is no. That's not koinonia. That's not biblical fellowship. Biblical fellowship is spending time with another brother, sister, a company of believers in Christ, and developing healthy you know, communication and, and spending time together. There's something that happens when you come to church. I'm telling you, there's something that happens when you come to church. And if you don't have a church, then you need one. This is a good one. That's what they tell me. This is a good one. I believe it is. Have fellowship with the Lord. Spend time with God. If you're gonna, you gotta submit to God. That's the first thing in resisting and fighting this spiritual war. You, you gotta learn to submit to Him. Spend time with Him. How are you gonna know the one who saved you if you don't spend time with Him? Develop spiritual disciplines. I'm so excited to finish my Bible reading plan. And we have like how many days left in the year? Three, four, three, something like that. I could look at my phone. I have three days left in my one-year Bible reading plan. It's the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice, and I'm almost done. And some of you signed up for that and went for it, and, and, uh, and I, I'm glad. Some of, you, some of you bailed about six months in. Some of you bailed in the first month. You got to have a discipline of getting in the Word. I remember long ago, the Lord said, you need to, you need to be desperate. I said, well, I'm, I'm not. He said, well, I can help you with that. I said, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. If you'll position your heart hungry and thirsty, come on, God, God will feed you. God will help you. God will strengthen you. He spoke in parables to hide truth from casual observers, but releases truth to the hungry and the thirsty. You have to have a discipline in getting in the Word. You have to have a discipline of prayer. I have a discipline of prayer. Get up, go to morning prayer. Numerous times during the week. And many of you do the same thing, but some of you don't have a discipline of prayer. You know, I, I, uh, even now as I'm sharing that, I realize what we're walking in right now is what we sowed into in prayer. Please follow this. What we're living in right now is because we sowed into this years ago. When I have guest speakers that come and they preach here and, they, and they, they almost always say the same thing. Oh, this church is like a joy to preaching. Man, your people are so hungry. Oh, the power of God. And I had one, well, it was Austin Jones said this to me. He said, man, I just want to let you know, I know the price you paid to have the kind of anointing and presence in your church that you had. You guys paid a price. You better believe we did. But he paid the greatest price. He died on a cross and rose again from the grave. We just move into that. We've been having a prayer meeting here for over 20 years. Now it's been stronger at some times than, than at others. It's strong right now. Some of you don't have a discipline of prayer. I mean, you might read a psalm and then like, you know, and now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to your Lord the soul to keep me. If I die before I wake, that's not going to get you on fire, that one. It's a little scary, in fact, if I die before I wake. Got to have spiritual disciplines. God's presence comes as we first take action. It says, draw near to me. 
I will draw near to you. It's the greatest invitation, I believe, in all of Scripture. If you'll come towards him, he comes towards you. Like the prodigal son who said in his heart, oh, my father's hired servants have, they have more than this. I'm going home. And he not only had the thought, he got up and went. And as he's so far off, the, the, the father saw him and ran towards him. That is the response. If you'll just turn towards the Lord and begin to talk and press in towards him, he will come and touch you and help you and heal you, even in your weakness, even in temptation. There is no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man, says the book of Corinthians. And God will make a way of escape. That's how you spell that, but it's escape. Look at D, be purified inwardly and outwardly. This is right from the text that we read. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. That's outward action. Wash your hands. Cleanse your hands. What does that mean? It means stop touching stuff that's defiling you. Stop putting your hands in places they shouldn't be. With your own actions, change your behavior. Change your behavior. I remember it was Joseph Garlington. Joseph Garlington, in the prophetic conference, 18 years ago, he said, you know, when I was first a Christian, I really had a lust problem. So I, I got rubber bands and I put them around my wrist. And every time I looked too long, I realized I was lusting, I would snap myself. He said, so, and then eventually I was able to overcome and I stopped lusting. He said, but since I've been in Hawaii, I think I'm gonna get an inner tube and put it around my waist. <laughs> What he was saying was that in Hawaii, they hardly wore any clothes, and it's like a new challenge for him. I never forgot that. Some of you need an inner tube. Maybe we should sell them in the lobby. Okay, you all know what an inner tube is? I think Pastor Kirsten does. He's laughing right now. Do you get it, rubber band? How many of you, it's, is, it, is it existential psychology is training yourself with pain and different things? I think you can get the baptism of the fire of the Holy Ghost, but you know, the Lord helps us when we think about the outcome of things. You know what, you know what real pain is? Hell would be real pain. So you understand that you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every single one of us will stand before the judgment seat. That makes every single second count. Because you and I will be judged for our words, idle words, for our actions, our deeds, and the lack thereof. We'll be judged for it. Cleanse your hands. It's an outward action. Outward, outward action. Purify your, your hearts or purify your minds. There's a renewing of your mind. There's a lot of challenge with, uh, with people looking. I mean, I don't even want to say the word because I don't want to sow the seed into younger hearts. There's a lot, it's called the new drug. There's a lot of people struggling with their eyesight. Job 31.1 says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I talked recently about it. There was a time when I had to lay hands on my eyes. Every morning I'd wake up, oh God, today, today, oh God, today. You know, that's really pleasing to the Lord. Even though you might struggle through that day, you're fighting that thing. And there's something, about, there's something about that which you gaze at and behold. The, the, what you behold, you will become. So what you're constantly putting before your eyes, David said, let I put no, no, no vile thing before my eyes. What is before your eyes? 
And there's a whole, there's people that are addicted to screens. There's people that are addicted to TV shows. Some of you need to offload some of your apps. They're just robbing too much of your time. You're staring at stuff. I see a whole generation that are addicted to these, and really, addicted to these short little videos. And uh, I found myself getting sucked into that too. No innocent ones. I'm talking about hot rods, cars, motorcycles. I mean, I found myself, I'm, I was on TikTok, and I, have, yeah, I had a TikTok, I offloaded it. This is the second time I offloaded it. No, I had it before, and then I, a couple of things came across. I'm like, I don't need to be seeing that. And then, you know, somebody sends me a text, and it has a TikTok attachment to it. Like, dude, this is so stinking funny. I'm like, yeah, come on, let me see that. Woo! And you see this guy snapping his face with a resistance band. And <laughs> Anyway, you see some thing happened, and... You know, ha, 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 and you laugh, and now TikTok's back on my phone. And so then, you know, I'm taking a break, relaxing for a second, and I open TikTok, and I look, and I see some other video. And you know what's fascinating about these is that they hear what you're saying. And then what they do is they, they make these algorithms to then feed your, your TikTok and the different, how many of you ever went on and then you see this, you know, this pop up and the different things that happen. You were just talking about, you know, buying the new knife and there it is, the knife, the knife deal. You're just thinking about buying a new gun and there's this gun sale and, you know, all this, I'm telling you, these things are, somebody said, I'm never getting Alexa in my house or whatever it is. You already have one in your pocket. And they hear everything you say. So TikTok, you know, I, so I found myself, I found myself staring and watching videos on boring out large diesel motors. <laughs> Come on, I get touched by the Holy Ghost thinking about that. No, really, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'll blow some coal. Come on. I just like diesels. I have one, I like one. I look at mods and chips. And before you know it, I'm like, I looked at the up, and it's like 20 minutes went by. I thought, what in God's name am I doing? Man, I closed that thing. I offed it one more time. As much as I enjoy diesels, some of you were burning the clock, looking at things, and it's actually beginning to so. I can close my eyes right now. There was one really cool video. There's a lot of cool videos, but there was one really cool video with this motor and how they, how they polished and machined the head with this new laser thing. And it's like, I can close my eyes and I can like watch it almost. Now, if you're watching something else, that's exactly what gets in your heart. I have on my phone and I, I have it on purpose. It's on my lock screen. It's the most beautiful woman in the world. It's my wife. Why do I have that? Because she's the most beautiful woman in the world and I like looking at her face. She's the most beautiful woman in the world, and other, all other women are men. That's <laughs> an inside joke. <laughs> now, if you struggled with attraction to men, you know, then, then you should say something else. What you look at, <laughs> you <laughs> let's just all get it out. Go ahead, laugh. <laughs> what you're looking at, affects your heart. 
So what you behold, what are you putting before your eyes? What is the constant diet before your, before your eyes? Come on, I'm talking to you upstairs. I'm talking to you here. You've got to purify your minds. And many times the things that we watch, you know, they can pollute us. You're like, well, it doesn't have that much cursing in it. Oh. And then you have a problem with your mouth. Maybe you shouldn't watch all the foul F-bombs and stuff. Maybe that'll help you. Or you could do the rubber band thing, get a soap on a rope, which they used to have back in the 70s. I heard it's out again. Lavender. Yardley. Yardley makes soap on a rope. You can hang that around your, way, around your neck, and if you have a problem cursing, a perverse mouth, every time you do it, just suck on that thing. I recall getting my mouth washed out with soap once. My mother, I think, was some German heritage or there or something, shaved off some of the soap on my teeth. That'll really fix you. Amen. It's not just touch your tongue. I mean, you got some soap shavings. <laughs> Somehow I had no problem talking back, at least for a week. Amen. Purify your minds. Everybody say purify your minds. Take your sin seriously and live a lifestyle of repentance and humility. Take it serious. Well, it's not that. Yes, it is a big deal. Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go, and it's a bigger deal than you could possibly think. Well, it's not that. No, it is a big deal. It'll take you down the primrose path. and You'll be bamboozled and hoodwinked. It'll take you and mess you up. Don't quit making excuses. Deal with it. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Everybody say that. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. And when you blow it, which is like every day, repent. Ask God to forgive you. True repentance is actually a heart change. It's not just you say you're sorry because you got caught or you feel bad about something. It's true repentance. And, you know, when you get to the end, when you realize that there's no way you can change your life, you know, it is an amazing thing to realize how horrible sin is and your responsibility in crucifying the Lord. Come face to face with it. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not some cute little thing we do. Christianity is coming to the Lord and really seeing your sin for what it is. It's wicked, it's ugly, it's dark, it'll take you to hell, and it's not God's plan for your life. And it'll destroy you from the inside out. It'll destroy your emotions, it'll destroy your mind, it'll destroy your family. It has destroyed your family. Wage war against that thing and resist it. Don't yield to it. Fight. Get help. Get prayer. Do anything you can to get out of that mess. Repentance is key. And humility. Brokenness. I need the Lord. I need Him every day. Anybody else need the Lord? I need Him. We need you, God. All right. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Resist the work of the devil. Sin. All right. Let me just give you a couple points here. Give your life to Jesus. How are you going to fight against sin? Well, the first thing is give your heart to Christ. Give your heart to Jesus. That's the first way to fight against sin. Sin is doing wrong. You ever lied? You ever stolen? You ever cheated? You ever lusted? Yes. Ten commandments show us how we can, we, we failed. We failed at all of them. And yet Jesus came, born of a virgin, sinless, walked the earth, took your sin in mind if you believe Died on a cruel Roman cross on the third day, rose again, rose again. Give your life to Jesus. Everybody say it. Give your life to, to Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It's hard to resist sin. I don't know, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, well, I don't believe in that. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to resist sin. It's power to resist sin and power to witness. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to shakalaka. Come on, somebody say Shondai. Everybody say Shondai in the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, now you can say you've prayed in tongues because Shondai, I'm told, is a Chinese word for, I don't know, I forgot. Don't let anybody try to walk you in and say, now say Shondai and then say, she drove a Honda. She drove a Honda. Tahana. No, no, that's not how you do that. She tied a bow tie. She tied a bow tie. No, don't let anybody try to teach you words that you're supposed to say, and then you've prayed in tongues. God will give you your own language and, uh, and allow for that, that prayer language to flow through you is one of the key ways of resisting sin. Know the word. Everybody say, know the word. To him who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. That scripture is one that comes to me all the time. I can't walk past a piece of paper, generally, without having, I have to stop, I have to pick it up. When you know the right thing, you have that scripture in you. How many of you know that scripture? Then you know the right thing to do. And that, how many of you had the scriptures come to mind, right, when you're paying, minding your own business and all of a sudden the Lord speaks to you? Boom, boom, through the word. But if you don't have the word, it's pretty hard for him to speak to you the word if you don't have it. I can't emphasize that enough. You gotta know the word. You gotta know it. You gotta know your Bible. Start in the New Testament. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. And after you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. And then read the epistles, read, which is a Greek word for letter. Read the letters. Read Paul's epistles, Paul's letter. Read them. And when something jumps off the page, memorize it. That's God speaking to you. You're like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's God speaking to you saying, yeah, that's cool because I want you to learn that and memorize that. Get it down in your heart. I think it's Psalm 119. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against it. But if you don't have God's word in your heart, guess what happens? S-I-N. It's easier to sin without the word. You guys are a tough crowd tonight. D, pray. Everybody say pray. E, be in fellowship. Poverty, number two, poverty is from hell. Fight against it. How? Fight against poverty, a poverty mindset. By being a tither. By being diligent and working hard. Number two, being diligent and working hard. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to be diligent and work hard. Be diligent and working hard. By being a good steward. Be a good steward. What does that mean? It means managing the resources that God has given you. So many people want God to just hook them up with tons of money and land and houses and everything. But you can't handle that jalopy that you have. He entrusted you with the jalopy. It's filled. You know what a jalopy is? They still use that word? It's like up to your knees in McDonald's wrappers, for God's sake. Man, clean your car. You'll be like, I'm believing for a new car. Take care of the one you got now. I'm being convicted right now. I'm feeling conviction come upon me. Be a good steward of your finances, with your emotions, with your time, 
Make time for God. Break that poverty thing. You don't have to go from paycheck to paycheck. You hearing me? You don't have to go from paycheck. Some of you, you know, they're going to come eventually, I think, eventually. They're going to come with the COVID release deal. I'm hoping for two grand. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> yeah. So when you get it, you're just going to run out and just blow that and just buy the next, the next, you know, hunting outfit and the next gun and the next thing? Or are you going to pay down your credit card with that? I'm not feeling the love. I'm going to be right back. Amen. Raise God, Pastor. I'm going to be a good steward. If you get 600 bucks. I mean, what are you going to, you just run out? Poverty is quite a thing. You got to break that poverty mindset. You got to break it. And believe God to prosper you. Sickness is another thing that you were to resist. Resist sickness. Fight against that thing. Refuse it. Walk in divine health. Speak it over your life. His word is health to all my flesh. Joy does good medicine, right? Come on, resist that thing. Stop talking about how sick you are and rehearsing all the possible problems that you have. When I damaged my eyes, man, I'm going to tell you something. I was a little concerned. I had my, I was, I, I, I snapped my eyes. That was the joke with the resistance band, which is the second time I really hurt myself with the resistance band. So my wife has told me I've been commanded no more resistance band for Pastor Daniel. So I submit, amen. Meanwhile, as I'm on the ground with my eyes closed, because I'm not quite sure whether I'm going to be blind or not. I know how hard I got hit. And I know the reaction of what I saw. I didn't get to close my eyes, so my eyes were hit with hundreds of pounds of pressure. Knocked me back. My neck was strained for two weeks, easy. Like I got whiplash. I'm lying on the mat. My son is rolling. I mean, I don't know if he was rolling, but I mean, he was, he was LOL big time. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, Daddy, you okay, boy? Just laughing. I thought it was hysterical. And I'm lying there with my eyes closed and I'm saying, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Heal my eyes right now. Oh, God. And fear's trying to creep in. Oh, you're probably going to. Shut up. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. In the name of Jesus. And I, I'm praying in tongues and I'm praying. On, I, I, this is how bad it was. I stood up with my eyes closed. I went over to the mirror, which I knew right where it was. We were close to a mirror in the gym. I felt the mirror, and I went, okay, God. And I saw myself. I was like, oh, thank God. Some of you rehearse your sickness. They, you, you, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't pick on, on, on Grandpa, but Karen's dad, he told us. He just told us. How many, how many times? We would tell him, Dad, stop. Don't do that. I'm going to die by the time I'm 60. I don't even like repeating it. Over and over and over and over and over, I'm going to die by the time I'm 60. Die by the time. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Guess what happened when he was 60? He died. A young man right here, died right here. Fight sickness. Don't embrace that thing. Don't rehearse your problems and your symptoms. Come against them in the name of Jesus and pray for healing. I've known people that can work themselves up into sickness. Veronica Couch, you were with us with Karen's dad. God bless you. Listen, if you keep rehearsing your sickness, you can probably expect to get that. 
eat right. <laughs> Easy for me to say now that I'm eating right. I backslid for about two months. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tipping the scales at 245. Actually, I've lost five pounds in less than two days, is a miracle. It'll be 20 within two weeks. It's mostly water weight attached to sugar. Anyway, eat right. Someone say eat right. I mean, if you don't eat right and you expect that you're going to live a lot, listen, talk to older people that didn't eat right, and they'll, they'll know, you know what they'll tell you? They'll tell you, you should eat right. Why is that? Because their, their, their lack of taking care of their body has caused them to, they've got organ failure, all kinds of challenges. Exercise. Come on, someone say exercise. Yeah, I think you should do it. Exercise. And speak the word over yourself. All right, four. Alienation. What? Alienation. The enemy will try to get you isolated. They try to get you estranged. It's more than being isolated. It's separated from other relationships. They'll try to separate you and isolate you and get you out all by yourself. Fight against that thing. Well, how do you do that? Well, live in forgiveness. Listen, people are going to hurt you. Somebody said, well, I don't go to church anymore because the last church I was at, you should have seen what they did, so I don't go to church anymore. Oh, get over it. Go to Lowe's, buy a ladder, and get over it. You try to find the perfect church, you will not find it. And if you do, make sure you don't go because you'll ruin it. We're all got issues. So you have to live in forgiveness. You have to live in forgiveness to that one that said something about you. <sighs> yeah. And then when they do say things, you know, can lovingly confront them. Oh, I love this story. It just came to mind, so I think it's probably the Holy Spirit. I was an up-and-coming leader. I, was a, I think I was, a, I was over a place called Upcountry in, in Maui and uh, did a lot of visitation and had life groups and and this lady comes up to me, and her, her name was Joan. Lady comes up to me and says, I heard what you said about me. I said, what? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? So I heard you think I'm a Jezebel. I said, that's not true. I said, I wouldn't have said that even if I did think it, and I don't think it, and I didn't say it. She said, well, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. She said, yes, you did. I said, okay, who told you that? I mean, I can't tell you. That's private. I said, oh, no, you're going to tell me. I said, you're going to tell me. You're bringing an accusation against me, telling me I called you Jezebel. Somebody told you I said that? That's right. You need to repent. I said, no, we're going to go find that person. Who is that? She said, uh, I, I don't want to tell you. I said, no, no, let's go talk to her. Let's do it. This is going to be great. So it was at this big event, you know, and, and she says, oh, sister so-and-so. I said, you know what? I just saw her. Let's go find her. She said, really? I said, oh, yeah. No, let's go. Come on. And we came all the way across. I'm looking for her. I knew I saw her. Boom, there was sister so-and-so, sister bucket mouth. <laughs> Friends with sister backstabber. <laughs> and brother backbiter. Come on, lighten up, lighten up. And so we went and found, went and found him. I said, hi. She's like, uh, hi. I said, yeah, we were just talking. And um, you said, uh, she said that you said that I said that she was a Jezebel. 
And the girl that's, the woman that's confronting me, Joan's like, mm-hmm. and his wife said, I did not. She said, yes, you did. She said, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I said, well, I didn't say that. She says, I didn't say you said that. I said, okay, I'm just going to leave you two alone right on. I'm out. Peace. And I think, I think they worked it out. I saw a purse flying, something happening. I don't know. <laughs> got to live in forgiveness, right? You got to live in forgiveness. I think both those folks are still in our church. They're much older now. You need to live in forgiveness. You're going to have people that say stuff. You're going to have people that do things. And you're going to have to turn the other cheek. You're going to have to go an extra mile. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to forgive them. Now, if people hurt you all the time, how many of you know that should probably be a good, healthy boundary? I love you. I forgive you. And you have a 10-foot zone now. It's good to have boundaries. It's very good. Some of you, some of you, like I said, you're, you're the Grand Hyatt Wailea for the double. You just let everybody come and stay at your house and do whatever and do whatever they want. That's not how that should work. People that stay at my house have rules. There's very few people that stay at my house. Why? Because I don't like it. I like my own house. I like my own stuff. I'm not called and anointed to open my house to a whole bunch of people. If you are, may God empower you and bless you. I would highly suggest you have rules and structure. But you're going to have to live in forgiveness. Don't be alienated. Don't, don't, don't be estranged from people. Don't, don't, you know, don't end up living in some, you know, some cave. Proverbs, I didn't, I didn't read it to you, but Proverbs 18, 1, the man who isolates himself, keys please, isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. There are people that never come out of their basements. They're glued to to PlayStation 5, and they have a virtual world with a headset, and they don't ever leave their basements. I'm going to tell you something. That is is being estranged from people. And I've had had people that come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm going to get married. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. What? What? I mean, like, I'm getting married. How many times have I seen this? There's nothing wrong with getting married, but if you're like a part of the church, you're serving, and all of a sudden you come up to me, I've had this happen. I'm getting married. I'm like, to who? Oh, this person I met? I'm like, oh, really? No, I'm their pastor. I don't do this. If I'm not your pastor, I don't do this. But if I am, I'm going to love you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to backhand you with the love of God. Amen. Because there's safety. No, no, no. I, I met them. What do you mean you met them? I met them online. I said, okay, okay. No, serious, like, I don't know how many stories. I said, okay, I used to be vehemently against that, but actually I've seen it work. I've, I've seen it work with Christian dating sites. I've seen actually that work, and they're married, and they've got beautiful marriages, and it's beautiful. I've seen it work. I was totally against it at first. You know, you pray in tongues, and then the person's going to bump into you, and then you'll both pray in tongues, and then you'll know. You know, I mean, I was more like that. But there are Christian sites and different things that can work, but you have to be very cautious, very careful. Because many times you meet, you know, they used to get this picture and you meet this girl, she's right, she's exactly what you were hoping for and you had this list before the Lord and she fulfills all 20 qualities, but really it's a 400-pound man sitting in a basement. Sending you pictures and stuff. 
I've met him, and we're going to meet up. We're going to meet up in Atlanta. I'm, that's actually a true story. We're going to meet in Atlanta. He's my, he's my Boaz. He's my dream. He's, he's the one I've been waiting for. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then the next thing I ask is, did he ask you for any money? Yeah, he needed a little bit of money. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. How many times did he ask you for money? Well, you know, he just had some problems with his mother-in-law. Had his problem with his mother, and then I just, same thing, they always ask for money. I don't know how we got on that, but, but if I don't sew it back into the message, just enjoy it as an isolated whole. Alienation. You know, I am, uh, where are the Holtons? Are they in here somewhere? Oh, the day I'm going to brag on them, they're not here. But they're in it like every other service all the time. They might even be online. I've watched your sister and I've watched these guys court. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing going to perform that wedding and officiate that wedding here coming up. And I'll tell you something, there's nothing greater than seeing two people who would live right on fire for God, praying, seeking God's will, come together. Watch what God does with that couple, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's going to be amazing. I, I, I can see some things that God's going to unfold for them. You end up estranged. That's not God's will for you to be isolated all along. That's not God's will. God's will for you is to, you were made for fellowship and communion with him and with each other. It's so important. It's crucial. Don't get isolated. Resist on every front. Did you get something from the Lord tonight? Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Lord, we submit to you tonight. We submit to you tonight, to your word, to your way. God, as we've been doing this series on spiritual warfare, Lord, help us to be a people that are submitted to you, every chamber of our heart, every part of our life. And then we would learn to resist. We would fight against sin. We would fight against sickness. We would fight against the assignment of the enemy, the fiery darts that try to bring offense. We will watch the enemy flee. You know, if the enemy's operating in your life and you're really in a battle, here's the key. Don't stop fighting. Keep submitting to God. Keep resisting. And he will go. But he's not, he's still here. Well, then you're not done resisting. The, the indication that you're, you're supposed to be done resisting is when he's no longer there. And then, by the way, there'll be another battle that's up and coming. You're being trained to rule and reign in righteousness. So the battles that you're in right now are teaching you and training you. Many of you think you've gone out to the wilderness and the Lord's left you. No, you're in the wilderness to learn how to walk in authority, learn how to walk and execute God's word and stand against the wiles of the enemy to put on the Lord Jesus Christ created in his image and likeness. Come on, you're not supposed to be pushed around by the enemy. You're supposed to walk in victory. You're not a victim. You're a victor. God's hand is upon you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. And right now, before we close this service, I want to give opportunity to you. You're in the midst of a battle and you need some prayer. You need some help. You're in a fight. You know it. 
you're like, man, he's reading my mail tonight. That's the Holy Spirit. You're in the right place. Step out from where you are. Come all the way up front. We're going to pray. We're going to agree together. We're going to bind demon power. We're going to take authority over the assignment of darkness. We're submitting to God right now. We're humbling ourselves. It's a humbling thing to come all the way up to the front. Yeah, humble yourself on the side of the Lord, and He will give He will give you rest. He will give you peace. He will, he will raise you up. Come on, come all the way up to the stairs. Just come all the way up to the stairs. You're in a battle. You're in a physical battle. You've got a, a battle against sickness. Maybe you've got strife in your family. Maybe you're believing God to save your sons, to save your daughter, to heal your marriage. I don't know what you're fighting for. I don't know what you're contending for. Come on, we're going to pray for these. Pastors, ministers, would you come? Would you leave? Come on, let's worship God while we pray for these and agree. submit to you Heavenly Father and we take a stand against the assignment of the enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy we take authority tonight in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit
Jesus, you change everything our lives here. our service tonight. Before we do, I'm going to invite the rest of our team that's a part of our our prophecy and prayer team. They've been trained to hear God's voice for you and to help you. And uh, we have a team that's here, and if you'd begin to come up, I know Marisa's already here. If you'd come, position yourself equidistant across the front. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. Submit to God. The very first thing is giving your life to Jesus. And if you haven't done that, won't you do it now? Online, upstairs, 16, 10 a.m., wherever you are, listening in the future by podcast, perhaps. You say, that's me, Pastor. 
Thank you for your honesty. Pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. I submit to you tonight. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. I pray, Holy Spirit, now. Holy Spirit, come and touch and heal. I pray for healing for those who've gone through some very challenging family circumstances, abuse. I pray forgiveness would flow in every family. I pray for those the enemy is attempting to to isolate. For them, he's attempting to estrange them from everyone else. I pray that that hold, that assignment broken now. I pray healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. We submit to you, God, tonight, and we command every assignment of hell to be broken off of our lives. I want you to say that if you got guts. Now listen. Don't try to do some spiritual warfare if you're not right with God. You get right with God, that's the first warfare you got to do. You start taking authority over darkness and you're not right with God, it's a good way to get whooped. Pull out a can of whooping and whoop you up one side and down the other. So the first spiritual warfare action you take is surrendering to Jesus and his lordship and asking to be your Lord and Savior. Then you can pray prayers like this. So if you've done that, even if it was the first, for the first time, wonderful. Pray this prayer to me. Say, I command all darkness, every assignment of hell to be broken off of my life, to be broken off of my family, to be broken off of our community in the name of Jesus. I proclaim victory in my life. I submit to God. I resist the devil. And he flees. Just wave goodbye now. Go ahead, wave goodbye. Say, don't come back. Don't come back, you hear? Don't come back. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. No more. No more. No more. Can you say amen? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.